Hey, if you got your Bible, I hope you do. If you don't, it's okay. No judgment here. Or if you want to use your phone, that's fine. We're going to be in Mark 4 tonight. Mark chapter 4. And actually, next week, we're going to start going through the book of Romans. But tonight, we're just going to look at at Mark chapter 4. Again, if you, if you have to look at the table of contents, not sure where that's at, you need to Google where Mark is in the Bible, like, there's no shame, all right? Do what you got to do. Mark chapter 4. And again, so glad you're here now. We're going to have a great time of worship. Um, so a couple, uh, real quick, I just want to do a quick survey. Raise your hand if you are from Lubbock. You're like, you're from this, or like from this area. Wow. Okay, put them down. Raise your hand if you didn't just raise your hand, all right? All right, man, yes, I said that as confusingly as I could, all right? Um, so some of y'all aren't from here, aren't familiar with this. There's a, there's a um, it doesn't really matter, but there's this a place called uh, Body Works on, it's on 82nd. It's probably like two miles from here. The middle school pastor here always tells me that I go to Body Works for women, but don't listen to him, okay? Um, and so anyways, there's another Body Works. Well, uh, probably about a month or two ago, Lauren and I were there. My, hey, everybody, this is my wife over there, Lauren. Lauren, raise your hand. I said, what's up, girl? <laughs> All right, yeah. If you, uh, yeah, those that come to church here, they come to her just because of her, really. Okay? So, anyway, um, who said amen? <laughs> amen, brother. So, we were at the, we were at the gym, and um, hey, by the way, I'm going to say this real quick. I'm thinking about it. Some of y'all I know, like, I can't really see well. I, I just want to tell you um, there's, a, there's a bigger room downstairs, and if, if we can keep this up for like a week or two, man, I would love to move us downstairs to that room, okay? Like, it's, it, it would, Better sound, better view, it'd be awesome, okay? I mean, it's still me, so you have to look at me, I'm sorry. But uh, not changing. But um, anyways, if y'all hang in there, keep coming with us. I, we can move and there won't be poles in the way. That'll be nice. Anyways, back to the story. So we're, we're actually doing our warm-up warm up on the treadmill, whatever. Well, as we're like doing a little thing, you know, I've been running like 20 miles, more like five minutes, okay? So running a little bit. And all of a sudden, I hear something behind me that sounds weird. Like something, something sounds wrong that's going on behind me. So... Uh, I turn around, and this, she could have been like seven years old. This girl is running the treadmill, but she's starting to kind of skid on it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, here comes trouble. Well, next thing I know, man, you, you know what's coming, right? <laughs> sure enough, boom, she smacks the treadmill, but instead of like just letting go, she grabs onto the sides, and no lie, she's like doing the worm. Like, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, what is going on? Well, I, I, it's kind of one of those frozen moments where you're like, like, do I go? Do I stay? She's doing the worm on the treadmill. Is she trying to do the worm on the treadmill? I don't think so, right? So, um, and she had the problem was she had like bedazzled sandals on. Rule, rule of thumb, don't do the treadmill with bedazzled sandals, okay? So she's doing, she's like doing the worm. Well, eventually, like, I think she had enough and she finally lets go. And you know what happens then, right? Bam! Like, throws her up against the wall. Yeah, no good. And well, like, I felt so bad for her because, you know, she's like just cruising along, and next thing you know, not only is she being like skid in the face over and over by the treadmill, I'm like making fun of her, that's terrible, <laughs> anyway, sorry, that's so mean, um, but she's like getting beat up by the treadmill, and then she slammed into a wall, and I'm like, life is like that sometimes, right, like you're just like, man, I'm just chilling, I got my bedazzled sandals on, unless you're a dude, right, and you're just cruising, running, and next thing you know, you can be on your face, anybody been there before, anybody have one of those days today, oh, we got a few honest people, okay, yeah, um, yeah, that, life can happen sometimes like that. I mean, I don't know who, would anybody come out to the pizza night we had on Tuesday, Urbanovsky? Lots of people, yeah. Uh, let's, let's restate that question. Did anybody experience the ridiculous, look like a nuclear bomb went off, dirt cloud that came into the tech campus on Tuesday night? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we're hanging out there, having a good time eating pizza. Like, I thought it was going to be sunny the whole time. I turn around, and I'm like, is that North Korea? Like, what's going on here? Like, like that's a bad, uh, 
Sorry. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> My wife isn't laughing. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Too far, Brandon. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm the college pastor. You get fired for saying that on Sunday morning. <laughs> Anyways, but really, it was, like, it, was, it was crazy. It literally came out of nowhere. And I remember, like, this really is funny. So, like, it was funny because I feel like the like, people from Lubbock were like, man, we were scared of no dirt storm. And everybody else was like, run! Like, what is happening? So I, I, literally, like, 60-mile-an-hour gusts and stuff are, like, knocking the trash. So I'm, like, chasing trash, like, 50 yards. Well, this guy comes running up, like, running back towards where we are. And he's, like, he's kind of smiling and laughing. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, dude, I was, like, three dorms down, and I was just hanging out. All of a sudden, this pizza box smacked me in the face, bro. <laughs> I was like, oh my, I, that's the true story. I'm not lying. And, and he gave it to me and ran off. And I thought, this guy is serious about litter. <laughs> like, that is a long ways to go. Um, but it's funny, it's funny because I feel like, like that's life, that happens in life, right? You're just like hanging out with your friends and bam, like that can happen. And I would say like, a lot of times it's just like literally in life, it's a storm that comes in and can do that. Y'all with me? You know what I'm talking about? And sometimes, I'm, I'm having a good time, but sometimes this, it can be serious stuff, right, that comes in out of nowhere and seems to smack you in the face. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's, uh, I hate to bring this up, but like, you know, if you're, in, if you're at LCU already in school and like everybody else is coming on Monday, you know what I'm saying? Like, school's coming. Sometimes school can be somewhat of a storm, right? Like, you, you think everything's going good in school, and then the next thing, I remember my first, I'm not going to say it, I don't want to scare you anyways. So, uh, you can ask me later, it's not that big deal. Anyways, um, but... And in school, I think that can happen. Like, you think you're, you're on top of your grades, everything's good, and the next thing you know, you're like, man, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a bind here. Like, I'm in trouble. Maybe it's, maybe it's something with family, a family storm of, like, and you, maybe it's not happening, but you see it coming. You see the clouds coming in, or you, like, you know your parents have been arguing and yelling. And some of y'all may be nervous about, like, I say nervous, but you're kind of worried about what's going to happen with your family back home, because now you're here in Lubbock, and, like, you're not sure if next time you see your parents, like, if, if they'll still be together. Maybe it's a storm with your job. Some of you like you, you've come to Lubbock and you're like, man, I, I know I need a job, but you're not sure how that's going to work out. So it's like, it feels like a pizza box smacking you in the face. Or maybe maybe it is our like it's because of a job struggle. Maybe it's financial struggle of like how you're already you're already looking ahead and seeing the forecast of like I'm not sure how I'm going to make ends meet. I see a lot of heads going. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's like. And I don't just mean like boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend. But maybe it's relational struggle of a storm of like you thought you had a best friend, and then especially some of you freshmen, you already realized like, man, I, that best friend I thought I had through like high school and stuff. I don't know if that's still going to be there anymore. Or maybe maybe it is like a boyfriend, girlfriend thing, like a storm like that. Maybe it's a storm of like the thoughts that go on in your head, and we like to make light of that. But like, I, th- I think all of us to some degree like struggle with the thoughts that we have. Is that y'all with me? Like, Paul David Tripp, he's a pastor guy. He says, no one talks to you more than you. And I totally wholeheartedly believe that. A lot of the conversations we have in our head are not always healthy, right? I don't know what kind of storms you're facing, but the reality is just being a, so this is contrary to popular opinion, by the way, but just being a Christian, just following Jesus doesn't mean you're exempt from facing storms. Anybody a believer, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I think sometimes people think, well, once I'm a Christian, Life will be easy, like wrong, right? Like, and I think that just a reminder of how you know that's wrong, like Jesus did not have an easy, easy life, right? Like being crucified is not like, oh, it's an easy life. No, it's not an easy life. 
And, and, and uh, contrary to what we see on social media, it's so easy to like scroll through your Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and like you see other people's lives, and you're like, man, their life must be perfect. They must not ever face hardship. Or maybe you like to present yourself as never facing hardship. But the reality is all of us face storms sometimes. Y'all with me? All of us fall down on the treadmill of life sometimes to get our face beat up. All of us sometimes are hanging out with our friends and get slapped in the face with a pizza box, Right? Like, we all face storms. And, and how we know, like, that's true even as believers is because the followers of Jesus who were literally, like, walking with Jesus, they faced storms in, in life. They faced struggles in life. And in, in Mark chapter 4, like, for real, literally, they faced a storm. That's what we're going to study tonight. Man, this, this story is so cool. I love it. This is Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Y'all check it out with me. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, that's talking about Jesus, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose. Man, so here's what you need to know. The boat they were on probably in that time, like it was kind of a guess, but they, a very good like scientific guess, uh, was probably about 25 feet long, which if you came to the edge of the, the very sides of the stage, that's about 25 feet uh, right there. So it was about 25 feet long. The boat was about seven feet wide, likely. And here's what you know about the Sea of Galilee. At its, so I think sometimes, that, like growing up, I thought of the Sea of Galilee as like a little playa lake. Ain't eh, wrong, okay? By the way, who, now that you moved to Lubbock, it's your first time to see a playa lake. Anybody? You know what a playa, thank you. All right, we got one. Yeah, it's, it's riveting, isn't it? Yeah, the glory of a playa lake, all right? It's awesome. Um, anyways, I don't know why I'm talking about that. So they're on this lake, uh, the Sea of Galilee. It's 13 miles long. As wide as point, it's eight miles wide. So this is not a little baby lake. Y'all, y'all tracking with me? Like, this is not a joke. This is a big, a big sea that they're on. And actually, at its deepest parts, it's about 140 feet deep. This is, this is a huge sea, okay? So Jesus says to his disciples, hey, let's, let's get, get in the boat. We're going to go across the other side. So they get in, and at first, everything is, everything is fine. Everything is normal. They're running on the treadmill of life, just cruising, right? Everything's good. Peter's up on the front of the boat doing the Titanic, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they're, they're having an awesome time. Um, probably, he probably wasn't doing that. Uh, and all of a sudden, what's it say? Verse 37, and a great windstorm arose. All of a sudden, they're like, man, hey, it's getting, it's getting a little windy out here. Here's what's interesting. Like, even to this day, the Sea of Galilee still gets crazy storms. Like, where, where the wind, it's because of where it sits with the hills of Galilee and even uh, mountains in Lebanon, the way the wind comes through, it really does. It stirs up the waves. And so all of a sudden, a great windstorm arose. So you can imagine then they're like, you know, Peter's getting off the deck doing the uh, Titanic thing. And they're like, hey, we, we got a storm, Jesus. And we're not sure how far out they are in the sea at this point. But it, it wouldn't have taken them long to get out very far, right? So they're already going, hey, there's something. We, we got a storm coming this way. Keep reading. It says, and the waves were breaking into the boat. So this is not just a little like, a little, oh man, it's kind of windy out here. This is, this is a serious storm. My wife and I got to go to Israel a couple years ago and our, our guide was saying that to this day, so there's no guessing about it, to this day, could have been worse then, I don't know, but to this day, when, during a, a bad storm on the Sea of Galilee, the waves can get up to eight feet high. And by the way, they're, they're in a little wooden boat, okay? So eight feet high, the waves are starting to crash into the boat. So at this point, the, they're starting like, no, the disciples are not joking anymore. This is getting serious. We're out here on this boat. Again, it was the, the beginning of verse 35. On that day when what had come? You can look at your Bible. It's not cheating. What's it say? Sorry, I can't hear you. What's it say? Evening. So is it dark or light outside? It's dark. 
By the way, do they have flashlights and cool things like that then? No, okay. Someone's saying yes. No, Ben. Okay. <laughs> no, no sweet LED uh, flashlights, okay? So they're out there on the storm, or on, on the Sea of Galilee. The wind is going crazy. The, the waves are starting to crash into the boat, and they can't see anything. So at this point, because the waves are getting so high, they're starting to crash into the boat, you can just hear the wood beginning to creak, right? You can just see them beginning to panic, saying, hey, hey, you over there, like, grab that bucket. We're going to have to get this water out, Okay. Man, if the wind is getting so strong, and the rain, being a windstorm, very likely rain and thunder too, they can't even hear each other. Hey, what do you need up there? What are we going to do? We're, we're, we don't even know where we're going anymore. You can't even tell which direction the boat is going because the waves are so big and it's tossing the boat back and forth so much. And it gets worse. It says, and the waves, again, in the end of verse 37, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. So that you can see them now, like, they're in a dire situation. This is not just, oh, we got we to gotta get through this. We're going to sink if we don't get the water out of the boat. And you can see like Peter over here, John over here, James over here. Hey, I need a bucket to get the water. I can't get the water out fast enough. We're going to sink. And again, the wood is creaking under the pressure, the tension of the waves hitting the boat. It's filling up. They don't even know where they're going anymore. This is a serious storm. I don't know if you've ever been on a boat. I, I was very little, but I remember when I was about six years old, uh, we were living in Florida at the time, my family and I, and we were with some friends on a boat. And just going to go out to a little island that was probably like 200 yards offshore. And a storm came up. It, it was terrifying. I don't think my dad has ever thought like he was going to lose his family except for that one time. And we were just like 200 yards from shore. But the waves were so serious. Even in that one instance, like he, he was scared to death. I can't, I can't imagine how terrified they were at this point. Again, it started off just, this is just, this is just a nice little night on the, across from the Sea of Galilee. Next thing you know... Man, waves are crashing into their boat. Whose idea was it that they crossed to the other side? Jesus. Was Jesus someone they were just kind of hanging out with, or was he their leader? He was their leader. If your leader asks you to do something, don't you want them to be with you in the hard times? Where was Jesus? That boy's sleeping. <laughs> Look what it says. And a great windstorm and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he, Jesus, was in the stern asleep. I love this, this detail, on a cushion. (laughs) So they're literally terrified, can't get the water out of the boat fast enough. We're going to drown. We're going to die. I I reflect Mark has a sense of humor here. And Jesus, not only is he asleep at the back of the boat, you could just see Jesus cuddled up on a cushion, right? Like just, just hanging out, life is good. I love that picture. Look at this. And they woke him. I'm sure it wasn't like, hey, buddy. It was like, hey, bro. <laughs> well, look what it says. It says, they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Hey, bro. <laughs> Wake up. Get off the pillow, dude. Where are you? We're dying. We're going to die. Do something. Man, like... Again, I wish I could just have been there to see Jesus' face. Like, you know what I'm saying? Do you ever, when you wake up, what about you? I'm not in a good mood when I wake up. Like, I'm a morning person, and I'm still like, psh, alarm, psh, be quiet, right? What Jesus did, I guarantee you those disciples never forgot. I love this. Wake up. Do you not care that we're perishing? Verse 39. And he awoke 
and rebuked. By the way, that's a strong, um, tough word. He rebuked the wind and said to the, sti- to the sea, peace, be still. So this is not, Jesus didn't get up and walk out to the front of the boat and say, peace, be still. <laughs> oh, see, again, Jesus is, he's not some wimpy little mamby-pamby dude. He got up, it says he rebuked the wind, and I'm not, like, I'm not lying. I, part of me wonders, was he mad because he got woke up, right? Like, I just can't help but think that's like, I want to rebuke my alarm clock. Peace, be still. You know what I'm saying? Um, but seriously, can you imagine him walking to the front of that boat, standing on the front of the boat, and looking out the wind and the waves that are literally going to topple this boat? And I imagine like, he's trying to, you know, like this, and he's doing, he says, hey. And by the way, in the Greek, this is not a I don't love the translation of peace. It really is. It's a be quiet. Like even some commentators say it could even be like a shut up. He told, told the wind in the waves, be quiet, be still. Which that, I'm, I can't imagine disciples being like, why are you talking to the wind and the waves, right? <laughs> but you know what? What happened? And the wind ceased and there was great calm. So it's not like 20 minutes later, it kind of calmed down. No, immediately he said, be quiet, be still. And immediately the wind calmed and the waves stilled. Can you imagine what that would have been like? You know, when that storm came in the other night on Tuesday night, I want, because we're having a a pizza night and trying to have all these great conversations and meeting folks, I, I wanted to like rebuke the storm. I got nothing, right? I mean, our pizza boxes are hitting people in the face. Like, I, I got nothing. Jesus just stood up and told the wind and the waves, peace, be still. And I love, by the way, this, man, this is so important. Before I, I want to tell you this before we read this. Jesus came not to condemn the world, right? But to save the world. He is a loving God. He's a friend of sinners. So as we read this next verse, don't do what I've always done and what I think most people do and read it as like, oh, you have a little faith. No. I think Jesus, after, make, again, what a like, mic drop moment, right? Like, peace, be still. And Jesus, I can just see Jesus turning around and saying, almost with a smirk on his face, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? See, I don't think this is a, why are you so afraid? Why don't you believe in me? They honestly, at this point, the disciples hadn't seen that much of Jesus. Like, I think they knew he was somebody to follow, and they were kind of getting a glimpse. But I don't think they realized just how big, how great Jesus was at that point. So I don't think he was reprimanding them. How dare you not believe in me? I, I really do think, I can't help but think that he turned and smiled and said, why, why are you afraid? Did you see what I just did? And look, their response gives me chills. <laughs> says, and they were filled, verse 41, and they were filled with great fear. By the way, it has not once said that they were fearful. Unless I'm forgetting. I'm pretty sure I'm not. Nope. You can double check me. Other than Jesus saying that, not once did Mark mention that they were afraid. Until Jesus calmed the wind and the waves. And he says, says they were filled with great fear and said to one, one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? See, I, I'm, I, without a doubt, they were afraid during the storm. But I think the height of their fear, the height of their awe, their wonder, was when Jesus calmed the storm and they go, oh my gosh, who is this? 
Nobody can calm the wind and the waves. I don't know if you've been to the ocean. Like, even a little two-foot wave can knock off your feet if you're not paying attention, okay? I, I love Lubbock, but gosh, I hate the wind, and I can't do anything about it. I literally, I've been driving in my truck sometimes, and the wind is blowing, and I'm like, I hate you! I can't do anything about it. Just, ah, right? If you have a Jeep or something, don't take your top off, okay, of the Jeep, because that'll be really bad. <laughs> Need to clarify that statement? <laughs> Yeah. All right. Hey, you're getting the real deal, right? This is who I am. <laughs> I struggle sometimes. All right. Back to serious moments. Sorry. Um, I think they were in awe because no one has the ability to do that. Just for, for a second. Hang with me just for a second. I think the tension of the story is, is really in verse 41 of them going, who is this? Yeah, the storm was crazy. It was bad. We almost died. But the tension is at the end of them going, who is this guy? And the rest of the book of Mark tells us who he is. I think if, let's just pick Peter. If he could stand here before you today, he would say, oh my gosh, you should have seen it. After that, the very next day, we landed on the, on the other side of the sea, and there was this crazy demon-possessed man that no one would even get around because he, he was a crazy fool. He would hurt people. who hurt himself, hurt other people, and Jesus just walked up to him and cast out the demons. And the guy, the next thing we know, he's sitting there in his right mind, clothed, and acting normal. Who, who is this guy? Who, who is this Jesus? Then later we saw him. He literally fed 5,000 people. Like, we had a lot of Chick-fil-A and only barely fed, I don't know how many people were in this room, a lot of people. Jesus fed 5,000 with, with not Chick-fil-A, okay? <laughs> Which I'm sure they would have loved it. But. And then, people tell you, and then we saw Jesus, that same sea that we saw him calm the wind and the waves. We saw one day, oh, me and the other disciples were on the boat, and we saw Jesus, first we thought it was the ghost, but we saw Jesus walking on the water like it ain't no problem. Who is this guy? We saw him heal the sick, make the blind to see, make the, make the, the deaf where they could hear. He healed lepers. Who is this guy? Just when we started to believe in him, the unthinkable happened. He, he let himself be arrested. We just knew, we'd seen all his power. We just knew that he could like, wah, like just beat these guys up. And he let himself be arrested. These religious people, I bet, I think Peter would tell us, gosh, I hate religious people. These religious people were less arrested Jesus. And they didn't just arrest him, they beat him. The one that we had seen calm the wind and the waves, the one that we had seen heal people, the one that we had seen walk on water, he let himself be arrested. You know what? Not just arrested and beaten, be, he was crucified. We saw him, they put nails in his hands and in his feet. We thought it was over. The one who had done all these amazing things, we thought, man, who, who is this guy? Maybe he's God. We, at that point, we thought it was over. Until three days later, Jesus came roaring out of the grave. You know what I think Peter would tell you? You know what we realized at that point? We realized Jesus, he's not just a good teacher. He's not just got some cool power. He is the Lord of all. There is nothing that he can't control or can't do because he's not just some dude who's got some cool 
rebuking of some wind and some waves. No, he is God. He is the king of the universe, and he can do whatever he wants. And even though he can do whatever he wants, you know what he, he wanted to do? He wanted to come and to rescue us and to save us. And he did that by dying on the cross for us and then rising again. So you know what? How is Jesus the Lord of all? Again, not just Lord of earth. He's Lord of all in that he conquered Satan. He conquered death. He conquered sin. He conquered the grave. Y'all with me? He is the Lord of all. I think that's what Peter would tell you. Here's what I would tell you. If Jesus is the Lord of all, as we see in the rest of Mark, if Jesus is the Lord of all, then you have nothing to fear at all. If he's the Lord of all, you have nothing to fear at all. I don't, I don't care what storm it is. And I don't want to make light of some of the storms y'all are facing. Because I, I believe we should never make light of the, what someone is facing. But the reality is, no storm is too, or so big that Jesus can't stand up and say, Hey, shut up. Be still. Be quiet. Leave my kid alone. He's a lion. He can do that if he wants. I don't know about you, but I don't mess with lions, okay? He's the Lord of all. So maybe it is. A storm of, man, you don't know what's going on with your family and what's going to happen. You know what? Jesus didn't promise that you wouldn't face that storm. You don't even know how it's going to turn out. But you, do, but you know what you can know? Is that even in that storm of what is going on with your family, he is the Lord and he is good. How can I know that he's good? Good question. He died for you on the cross. See, the disciples didn't have that luxury. We had the luxury of looking back. How can I know that Jesus is good and he's trustworthy? He died for you. That's a pretty good reason to trust him, right? He's good. Maybe it's a storm, again, of thoughts going on in your mind. And man, I'm struggling. I, I, feel, I feel, I worry about things. I, I don't know what the future holds. I wish I had a plan. Jesus says, hey, I'm the Lord of all. Don't worry about a master plan. The master is the plan. I got you, bro. <laughs> my, my professor said that. I didn't make that quote up, sorry. <laughs> Maybe it's a struggle of thoughts in your mind of like, depression. Some of y'all maybe are battling suicide, cutting, and you're, man, these thoughts are controlling you. Man, if Jesus is the Lord of all, he is bigger than any storm. And I promise you, you can walk up to that storm going on in your mind, and he can say, hey, peace, be still, shut up, leave my kid alone. If he's the Lord of all, you have nothing to fear, to, to fear at all. I love what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, whatever, whatever snake we face, Jesus has already taken the fangs out of that. We don't have to worry about that snake. <laughs> Whatever storm we face, we don't have to worry because if we know Jesus, he is our captain, we're in his boat, we're going to be okay. If Jesus is the Lord of all, then I have nothing to fear at all. If you're a believer tonight, as we sing here, just a, we're going to sing just a little bit more here in a second. As we sing, I want you to take courage and have peace knowing that, remembering who Jesus is, that if, if I know him, He's my Lord. He's the captain of my life. He's the Lord of all. I can trust him no matter what storm I face. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean it's going to turn out how I think it will. But I can trust him because he's the Lord. He's always in control. And because he's good. He can be my anchor in the waves because he's really, really good. So as, at a moment as we sing, I want you just to remember that truth and praise him. And remember that he's the Lord of all. That he's your rock. You can trust him. And you guys are fixing to start this semester, and I know there's going to be a lot of storms you face. He's the Lord. Some of y'all, I, I totally get, and I, I, let me say this, hear this as, um, not as putting you down, but hopefully as, as inviting. 
So me, all you came here tonight, like, let's just be straight up because you want some free Chick-fil-A, and I am not judging you for that, okay? Like, actually, I kind of get that, all right? Um, man, I, I'm so glad you're here, but some of y'all don't know Jesus, and I want to tell you, though you expect me to tell you this, I, I believe with all my heart, I, I'm telling you, Jesus is worth knowing and following. When you get in his boat and you trust in him and believe in him and say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know that you died for, I believe that you died for me and rose again to offer me new life and forgiveness. When you, in that sense, get in his boat, you are going to face storms. But you know what? Man, it is so good to know that he's in your boat and that he's the Lord of all. I can't imagine facing some of the storms that life throws at me or throws at us without having Jesus as my captain, without having Jesus in my boat to get up and tell the wind and the waves to shut up. So tonight, man, I encourage you to give your life to Christ, to realize you don't have to go through college in a boat by yourself. You can have Jesus. There's no storm too big for Jesus. Here's how I want us to respond in just a second. Um, After I pray, the band will come up. We're going to sing a little bit. And maybe your response, I'm I'm saying this because a lot of you are new, I know. Maybe your response is just to like, Literally, maybe it's just to sit where you're at and just to talk to Jesus. That's cool. <laughs> maybe it's to stand and sing with us. Maybe it's like, maybe you need just like some time, like want to go to the back of the room and just kind of like pray for a second. Also, my wife and I are going to be over here, and then um, Zach, and I can't remember, I'm not sure who else he got, but one of our guys and another girl are going to be over here, and they would love to, to pray with you. That's why we're, we're going to be up here. If this, so this is not like, this should be clear, it's not like you're going to come over here, Brandon, I need to talk to you because my life is wrecked. Maybe it is, I don't know. But it could be something as simple as, Hey, I'm just facing a storm right now, and I would love for you to pray for me. Y'all with me? Does that make sense? So it doesn't have to be this like crazy thing happening, but just, hey, I'm kind of facing a storm, and I'd love for some prayer. We'd love to pray with you. Man, if, if you tonight realize you need to give your life to Christ, I'd love to talk to you about that. Whatever it is, let's be bold in responding to Jesus. If he is the Lord of all, you have nothing to fear at all. Y'all pray with me. Jesus, thank you for being good to us. We're thankful that the cross proves that you love us, God. And God, we we know, we don't deny that sometimes we fall down on the treadmill of life. Sometimes we get hit in the face with a pizza box. God, I pray that rather than running from you and asking why when those things happen, that we would run to you because we know that you're the Lord of all, God. And we know that though on that boat you were sleeping, God, we know that in Today, as you sit on your throne, you never sleep, you never slumber. So even in our darkest, most tired moments, you fight for us, you stand for us, you are our rock. So we can trust you, God. We know that we are made strong in you. So God, because of that, I pray tonight we would respond with worship, with joy, with wonder. And Lord, for those that don't know you, they would be bold, God. They would come talk to me or to to one of the other leaders, God, or just maybe uh, talk to a friend they know is a Christian, Lord. They would commit to you, God. They would surrender to you. We love you and pray that you would continue to work in our hearts during this time. It's in your name we pray. Amen.